this life isn't all that there is. Mm -hmm. This is the life we live in the body, but this body is not the only one that we are living for. We are living for an eternal hope uh, in the future. And so regardless of the weight loss, regardless of all the other things that our, our desire ought to be to find the goodness of God, that he is supposed to be what we put our hope and we put our identity and what we put our desires into. Listening to This Life We Live in the Body, which is a podcast about gospel-centered weight loss. On this podcast, we like to talk about things that the gospel teaches us about weight loss and what weight loss teaches us about the gospel. I'm Becky Watson, and I'm really excited because today I have a really special guest. You'll you'll never guess who. <laughs> I, have, I have, you know, my sister, Sarah Dubois here, and we have her husband, my brother, Dan Dubois, we have a man on the podcast. How are you today? I am good. <laughs> it's a real, yeah. a real man in the room. Yeah. We've never had that. It's a real treat. <laughs> <laughs> you know, when we started this podcast, it really was not my intention that we would have an all-woman perspective on the gospel and weight loss. That was it didn't really cross my mind. It should have when you three women get together <laughs> and talk. That doesn't have like the most um, appeal to a man, you know. And so uh, I'm really glad to have Dan here, and we've we've invited him for a special topic. He's going to share what he thinks about pregnancy and and what that's like. <laughs> I've got some real pointers on how to lose pregnancy weight. <laughs> So if there are any male listeners out here, this one's for you. 15 weeks. It took us long enough. (laughs) (laughs) But mostly everyone um, can benefit because the gospel (laughs) really influences everything and influences everyone. And we will learn. We will learn more about God with the more diverse voices that we listen to. When people are speaking the truth of the gospel from a different background than ourselves, that's just always a blessing. We're always going to have different blind spots and different weaknesses and strengths. Although I'd have to say that as far as people go, Dan has to be pretty close to me because we grew up together. We're very close anyway. <laughs> so I don't think there's too much diversity, but... I did live in Washington for seven years. There, so there you go. I'm a little bit different. Yeah. So we have Dan here. We have his wife, Sarah, here. Let's share some stats, and then when you share, Dan, tell us a little bit of your story. Sure. Um, I'll start out, though. Um, I am Becky Watson. I'm 35 years old. I had the lowest weight of the year this week. It was 220, so I can just taste the night, the teens, the two teens. I'm really nice. excited about that. And um, so I'm on my um, journey to lose weight. Sarah, how about you give some stats? I am Sarah. I am 33 years old. I am 5 feet tall. I currently weigh 132 pounds, and I am 17 weeks pregnant. So that's where I'm at. All right. My name is Dan. and You are a man. I am a man. (laughs) Um, I am 6 foot 2. And I am also at, I also record my lowest weight of the year at 201.3. Oh, so I'm pretty excited. Good. Yeah, I'm pretty excited about that. I've lost uh, six pounds so far this year. So. so that's a goal for the year to lose weight or a goal in your life right now? Um, I think so. <laughs> uh, it, it was sort of ancillary to what I was doing. Um, in high school, I was uh, an athlete. I ran cross country. I played basketball and ran track. And so... Uh, weight was not really a problem, and um, getting married, I became more sedimentary in my lifestyle choices, yeah. and uh, even as we had kids, I think I gained not pregnancy weight, but post-pregnancy weight <laughs> as, you know, when, when you have kids and you're tired and you're hungry, you just, you're up at the middle of the night and you're eating something because there's nothing else to do besides right. sit there and watch TV. And so right. um, I, I gained probably 20 pounds since Jack was born. Yeah. You know, this was it was a joke that you were here to talk about pregnancy, but you really did have some thoughts. To I, 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 I had some thoughts. <laughs> um, so uh, 
Also, you know, like, even men, their metabolism slows down yes. when they go older. Yes. And then, like, just like you said, like, being married and having kids, your lifestyle changes. You're not able right. to have as much freedom with your exercise and yeah. everything. You yeah. can't just go run out the door whenever right. you want to. can't go hiking and not kayaking and stuff. Some people do. Some, Maybe not yeah. kayaking. Uh, that's a good point. I shouldn't make a True. broad statement. But my children do not allow me to go do that. <laughs> Is that really what keeps you from <laughs> Okay, moving on, moving on. Um, but I would say, I mean, the, the, the biggest things that have led to that is I don't drink coffee. And so my, my caffeine comes in, in the form of sugary beverages. Mm. And so that is huge uh, and probably huge for my dentist as well. <laughs> um, but that's... Kind of where I'm at. And so I'm, I'm running again, and that's kind of how I'm, I'm coming back down. So. Okay. Um, thanks for sharing. Uh, as as our, is our tradition, um, I'd like to share the gospel before we start out. Um, the way we kind of, like, formulate the gospel on this podcast is that we lost it all, Jesus did it all, and we get it all. When we talk about we lost it all, we're talking about the fact that we are sinners, uh, Eve ate the fruit, and we ratify that um, decision every time we rebel against God. And because of our sin, we are we are dead. Our spirits are dead. Our hearts are full of stone. But Jesus did it all. Um, the Bible tells us that Jesus lived a perfect life and then died on the cross to pay the full penalty for the sin that we committed. And then he, through that act, saves us. From our sin, he reaches down, grabs us, pulls us out of our sin. It's not something that we do for God. It's something that God has done for us. And that he um, causes our hearts of stone to become hearts of flesh. We, um, Like Lazarus, when he was raised from the dead, his heart started beating. His lungs started breathing again. He was changed from the inside out. And then once he was out of the tomb... Um, God, I mean, Jesus said, take those grave clothes off of him. And um, this is the part where we get it all. Because we've been saved, because we have the righteousness of Jesus, we have every spiritual blessing in Christ. And because we've been changed from the inside out, we do have um, the ability to bear spiritual fruit through through Jesus's work and um, do good works that he prepared in advance for us to do. Um, and we have a wonderful inheritance and satisfaction in Jesus. So that's the gospel that we are using and applying to the idea, the concept of losing weight. So this, if for me anyway, was a really foreign concept. How do you apply the gospel to weight loss? And one of the first ways we're, we've been doing is taking our thoughts and our beliefs that we have and taking them captive and making them obey Jesus so that what's true in our hearts, that we are righteous in, in, in Christ, bubbles up into our thinking and our thoughts and our values. And so that our outward actions, like what we eat and what our body looks like, begins to show the truth of what's already true inside. So, Sarah, will you remind us of that process? How have we been doing that, taking those thoughts captive? Sure. So the process that we have been using, we've been... I guess saying it's four different steps. We capture our thoughts. We identify the lie that we're telling ourselves. Um, then we apply scripture to it, uh, going, digging into our Bibles, reading scripture, not summarizing it in our own heads, but making sure we're actually going to real scripture in context. And then we'd speak truth to ourselves. And um, through this podcast, we've been kind of picking a lie that we tell ourselves. So those first couple steps um, kind of got split into three because we're um, capturing, like we're basically working backwards and talking about the different um, actions we have. The different fruit. The fruit that, that shows that we are thinking this lie. And then instead of just saying that lie, identifying that lie, we're kind of trying to dig deeper and Trace see it back. To the What's root, even deeper than just the lie. To the root belief, right? right. Sometimes um, it, <laughs> the lies are things that we say, and sometimes we're saying a fruit, and sometimes we're saying mm-hmm. a root. You know, so it's right. not a perfect um, one-to-one thing. But um, today's ex- um, is an example of something that really is close to the root. We might be able to find some roots there, but 
The lie we're going to talk about today is I can do this on my own or I have to do this on my own. Sort mm-hmm. of two sides of the same coin, very different meanings though, right? Um, a person who says, I can do this on my own is prideful. Right. And someone who says, I have to do this on my own is feeling self-pity. And um, I think they can boil down to the same roots. So we'll talk about that. But before we get there, what do you think? What are some fruits, some actions, some words, or some um, even like results that kind of demonstrate that you believe you can lose weight on your own? You can um, conquer your idolatry of food by yourself without God's help. Or you have to conquer your idolatry of food or your idolatry of your own comfort or your lack of self-control without God's fruit. Can you think God's help? Can you think of any fruits that you would put into that category? I kind of had trouble thinking of fruits, but I came up with two and they kind of go in different directions. The first one is the thought that if only I follow these rules, this diet, this exercise plan, if only I obey this guideline or whatever, then I can, then I can fulfill my goal. Right. That was the one thing I thought of. Um, the other one is kind of on the other side of that, and it's the, the guilt you feel when you fall short. The, like, um, and I guess this kind of comes from last week. You get this crushing guilt that you can't overcome when you've fa- fallen short of the your right. rules. Like you set up a, like maybe a, a system of righteousness, and you feel that, you are righteous if you do it, and you are guilty if you don't. Right. Re- not recognizing that our righteousness comes from Jesus, and we are stuck in our guilt otherwise. Right. Yeah. Right. Uh, like an example would be if you were on like a no carb diet, and you decide to have a piece of bread, and then you feel so horribly guilty because you have yeah. one slice of bread. And in this guilt is not just sort of like, oh, I regret eating that because it wasn't part of a plan. It's like a Guilt, because it felt immoral, right? Like, right. it's a spiritual right. guilt. Yeah. Which kind of leads to a totally different topic. Of but, well, sort food of. Food being morality. But yeah, but I think it's really related, honestly. Yeah. A lot of these things. Yeah, yeah. Um, do you have anything? I don't want to talk over you. No, it's, it's awful what you're saying. It reminded me that you can even be just not a guilt over, you know, oh, I ate a slice of bread, but... Even if you get on the scale and find that your numbers haven't gone down, you feel guilty. Mm-hmm. What have I done wrong right. in order to that? So you're like almost looking at your weight loss just purely by the results. Like I followed all the rules. I I, I should have gotten this, and I didn't. Yeah. What did I do wrong, or how am I like? Right. So you become more and more strict against yourself, restricting more and more things sure. to try to just beat the numbers. Yeah. And, and, and your focus is on that external fruit yeah. of what the scale says, right? Yeah. Instead of even your internal inputs of how faithful you have been, yeah. you know, during the week. It oh. reminds me of the Pharisees, how they would um, add traditions on top of the law of God. And Jesus said, you follow your traditions, but you can't even honor your father and mother. They missed all the rules, but they have all these extra things that they add on top of it. To try and get the right results, I guess. Yeah. I worked at a, a gym for a while and when mm-hmm. I was in Spokane. And there were people that were also successful at losing the weight. And you could tell that this was an area of pride for them. They'd be in there every day working two or three hours on, on working out every day. And, and they just their body became more of an idol because they, they had to do this. Mm-hmm. This was... If they didn't do this, then who were they? they? They had put their identity, they had put their hope in, their their purpose in, well, my muscles have to look like this or my body has to look this way. Right, right, which is just as wrong yeah. as putting food as your idol. Re- regardless, I mean, regardless of how successful you are in, in managing your weight, there's a, a spiritual health to that. You know, the numbers don't define health right. or spiritual health, at least. Right. So, okay, I have this... I had this idea that the um, with the moralizing food mm-hmm. and with the Pharisee thing, sure. um, that the Pharisees give us lots of examples of this. <laughs> As I wrote down, I tried to think of all the things I could that the Pharisees did, and a lot of them apply to kind of an unhealthy yeah. behavior when it comes to weight sure. loss. Um, I know this because I must be like a weight loss Pharisee because I <laughs> like they really found myself a lot mm-hmm. in it. 
one of them I had was that you moralize food. You know, like mm-hmm. the the Pharisees had all these rules about what was and was not okay to eat. And, and when we, it was and wasn't okay to eat. Too. Right. And we know from uh, Peter uh, that that God has declared all foods clean. And how about the time when Jesus was telling the Pharisees, it's not what goes into your body that makes you unclean. It's what comes out. It's right. what comes from your heart. And so we really go down a dangerous path when we make rules about never eat this food because there are no foods that are immoral to eat. Right. It might be a, it could be immoral for you to eat carrots sometimes if it's in the wrong context, right? right? If like you have deadly allergic to carrots, carrots, you shouldn't eat carrots. Or if you've just had enough to eat and eating the carrots right. is overeating, you know, yeah. it's the context, it's the heart attitude that's wrong, not the actual food. I thought of another example of a Pharisee. I was thinking of the the Pharisee and the tax collector praying in the temple. What does the Pharisee do? He he announces to everyone that he's not so bad as the other people. So I think of the people that broadcast their diet plans, or and we get to walk through on Instagram step by step <laughs> how they are yeah. eating, and this is what they're eating, why they're not eating this, and they just it's so important. It's like the only thing you know about them if you in, or, right. are introduced to them that this is oh I'm on you know. Whole thirty, or I'm keto, or whatever it may be. Right. Um, that that is, you know, they want to tell you about it because it's what something that they're they're proud of, and that's like that's. Well, it's just like Jesus said: if you're gonna fast, wash your face and don't yeah. like you don't have to let everyone know about it, right? Don't be like, oh, can't have that; it's not in my diet. Uh, you don't have to advertise it, and along with that, are you doing your righteous acts of dieting? For others to see, does your diet change when no one's around? Sure feels like it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And then the third part of that same uh, story, though, is judging others. You know, Mm -hmm. just because you have had some success staying faithful to your diet and someone else is heavier than you doesn't mean that you are spiritually better than them. You don't know what they're going through. You don't know all the the details and the the circumstances of their life. And if you lose weight in an unhealthy way, you could be less healthy than that person that weighs more than you do, even if you are the exact same height or whatever, because the truth is you may be malnourished. You may be lacking in certain nutrients that would help you. And that person may have gotten all their nutrients for the day and... You don't have enough iron or whatever it is. Sure. And the difference between the Pharisee and the tax collector in that circumstance is that the Pharisee says, you know, like, thank goodness I'm not like this other person. Mm -hmm. And then the tax collector says, have mercy on me, a sinner. And as we said before, your heart health is, you know, your spiritual health and humility is way more important than your physical ability to follow rules. Right. And what I like about that story is that they both entered the temple in the same position. One realized their own spiritual poverty. Sure. And the other one didn't. And so, right. you know, he, he, one walked away forgiven and one didn't. It's not because one was less sinful. They were both sinful. Right. But both came in, one repentant and one, one didn't. One was humble, one had pride. Yeah. 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 Poor in spirit and one mm-hmm. was not. Yeah. yeah, another fruit that I had was... Um, you view your problem as mainly external versus internal. And so mm-hmm. you're constantly blaming your environment, mm-hmm. your influences, instead of recognizing that the sin lies inside. You know, that Pharisee walked in, you know, thought he was in a better place. But then, you know, and then there's other examples of the Pharisees tithing the tenth of their spices, but then mm-hmm. ignoring justice and mercy. Like, so often we have a distorted view of our own righteousness and we view ourselves as, you know... Better than we are. Better than we are. We deny that we lost it all. Right. I think the biggest fruit or the most obvious fruit that you believe that you have to do this on your own or you can do this on your own is that you're simply not applying the gospel to your weight loss journey. You're just It's just not in that category. You're putting it in its own category. And that's just, you know, that's foolish. It won't work and you're missing the whole point. And maybe it's because you don't even realize that that that's an area where like, oh, the gospel can't apply to my weight loss. Like God actually does care about this part of my life. I think that there's, you know, prior to, you know, this podcast, prior to you guys even talking about it, 
I would have never even thought, well, the gospel would apply to it. So I think that there are some people that yeah, quite, quite honestly would not have thought of it. And they're trying really hard. They're not trying to be Pharisees, but they are trying to do it on their own strength. Right. And I think this is such a secular topic that it's nice to hear it from a perspective of yeah. the God. Like this has mm-hmm. kind of been an eye-opening process for all of us. It's not something that we've completely understood from the no, very beginning. No, so. definitely figuring it out as we go. I hope that doesn't come across. Definitely figuring it <laughs> out as we go along. <laughs> but the uh, but the truth is, um, this is a, sin, a, a process of getting rid of sin. It's a sanctification yeah. project. And that is something we need the gospel for. And if you are trying to build willpower, build self-control, build self-discipline apart from Christ, it's really hard. You can lose weight apart from Christ, but you're going to be doing it with some other God, some other idolatry. And if you are a Christian and you want to lose weight, you need to give this over to God, give this over to Jesus. Um, The other night, Dan and I officially became members of our church. We got voted in and stuff, but part of that... You know what? I should have mentioned this when I introduced you. Dan is a pastor. I should have said, Pastor Dan, <laughs> this is what happens when you're a little brother. You don't get honor in your own hometown, you know? Yeah. But yeah, Dan is a pastor in his church. So you. Right. So. Yeah, it's weird being called Pastor Dan or Pastor Dan's going to do this. I'm like, oh, man, that's. That's new. You can just call me Dan. That's fine. Well, I for sure am not going to call you Pastor Dan. You can call me Reverend. No, I will not. <laughs> Maybe Doctor. Your choice. Uh, I'm the Doctor in the family. No, that's true. Sarah's the Doctor. <laughs> anyway, back to my story. Sorry, so uh, Pastor okay. Dan, Doctor Sarah, got it. Um. Because of COVID and stuff, it was kind of delayed. But part of that is they wanted us to share our testimony. And then um, they voted us in. But part of my testimony, I realized, was, I mean, kind of kind of this podcast has been kind of my testimony. But I didn't talk about the podcast <laughs> up in front of the whole church. But I just summarized it in the way that, like, in the last five years, since Dan and I started going to our two churches that go back in Spokane, our last church in Spokane, I've realized that the gospel affects every part of my life. And that's how God's been working in my life for the last five years Mm -hmm. is picking at those spots in my life that I didn't even realize I was holding back or that I didn't realize I wasn't applying the gospel to. And that's just the process of sanctification as well. Like as we abide in Christ, he brings to our eyes new things that we can hand over. It's And because of the gospel, we don't have to feel angst or stress that we don't have it all figured out right. already. He's lovingly going to pry open our fingers and say, give this to me too. And we'll right. be so grateful when we've given it up to him. And I think it's interesting that we talk all the time about our, our sins running so deep and God like really digs in and finds that lie under the lie under the lie. But God is broad too. He yeah. wants all of That's it. a good point. Yeah. So Yeah, I love that picture. I think in general, um, I just had a couple more, but they kind of we kind of covered it. But uh, if you have a lot of rules, <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. it's just like it's just it's not that complicated. Um, you just need to seek Jesus first, and then you know um, you know it's not that all the rules are necessarily wrong. I mean, if it really helps you yeah. to to follow God, um, to have self discipline or self control, but. If it's a lot of complicated rules, that sounds a lot like Pharisee, legalism yeah, or yeah. being a Pharisee. Sure. I think uh, one lie would also be if if you were you were purely results oriented when it came to weight loss. So the only thing that mattered was whether or not your number was going down or up. And or then you and then you're like angry at God that I, you, the the. The yeah. labor that yeah. you perceive to have earned a reward yeah. is not getting the reward right. you yeah. want. I, I went through this actually a couple of weeks ago. I was I stopped drinking as much pop or soda pop or soda, depending on where you're from. <laughs> um, uh, and I was running, so I, I, I feel like I deserve to lose this weight. And then I, I came on the scale the next morning, and I was up a pound and a half. I'm like, but I did everything right. I right. should have lost weight. And... Um, I think I had just had a conversation with Becky the day before about something or another, and I'm like, 
Or it might have been you, sir. I, I can't remember. Um, but it, it's it's easy to get frustrated when you feel like you followed all the rules, but when the results don't follow the rules, right? Um, it's, it can be frustrating. Right, because we have to love God because of who he is, not just what he gives to us. Right. And we, uh, we don't only serve God because it works. We serve God because he's God. And yeah. sometimes he is going to call you to be faithful without seeing this success. Yeah. Right. And um, sometimes he, and he will give you the success, right? But we have to trust him that his way, his plan is best, regardless right. if we're not seeing the success and results and as best as you want to. And there's so many examples of that in the Bible, too. You can talk about Abraham, David. I mean, yeah. it goes on and on. In, in, uh, in a ministry position. I have to say this to myself all the time. I'm not called to be a successful children's ministry director as much as I'm called to be a faithful children's ministry director. I think it could be totally possible that you could be totally faithful and God would not let you lose weight. Yeah. I think that that could be a possibility if if you had to live with the consequences of previous sins of overeating, that mm-hmm. God could never fully remove those consequences. Yeah. And so even though you are currently faithful and, and you don't overeat and you're, you take care of your body now, that you might still never lose the weight you think you're going to lose. I think, I think you're right. And I had to get to the, I said this in the last episode, I had to get to the point where I was open-handed with God. Yeah. If you're calling me to be overweight... Um, either as a consequence of my past actions or as an opportunity to minister mm-hmm. to others. I mean, he could give me uh, illness or a medication mm-hmm. that causes me to gain weight. You know, there's pregnancy causes you to gain weight. You know, mm-hmm. um, you have to be open-handed on that. I do want to say, though, <laughs> weight loss is a little unique in that um, generally... <laughs> You will lose weight. It's not. It's not like uh, as impossible as I thought it was, you sure. know. And um, sometimes I'll say to Katie, "Well, maybe God doesn't want me to lose weight," and she'll be like, "Stop it, Katie! Stop it, Becky! God does want you to lose this weight." <laughs> you know, like just you know, yeah. like yeah. you know, do your do the right thing, and it will come. Because in my case, I don't have any extenuating circumstances that would cause me to not lose the weight. No. Right. So, I don't want anyone to cause it to make them stop before they start. But the truth is, if it's the decision between following Jesus and and keeping the weight and then not following Jesus and losing weight, you choose Jesus. Like Jesus is worth whatever else, you know. If you can only lose weight by having a bad motivation, then you need to not lose weight. Right. Right. Yeah, we talked about that last episode. Maybe if you listened... <laughs> he's listened to a few, yeah. and he's listened it's to me very, talk about them a it's lot. A very girly so. podcast. It is. It did get um, a little girly. <laughs> so we're glad to have you. Yeah, so this is a manly yeah. podcast. Man podcast. <laughs> You're gonna say something? Uh, nothing appropriate. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay. Let's pivot to the roots. So one step more external. So we na- we named all these fruits behaviors that remind us of the Pharisees, right? People are trying to work out their salvation on their own. Oh, shoot. I just thought of another good fruit. <laughs> this is when you feel so stressed and drained hmm. by trying to do the right thing. No. You are trying to work out your own salvation. You know, no. the, the walk, Jesus says his burden is light. His yoke is easy. It's not that there's no work, but if you are dying inside, if you are completely drained if you feel dry in a desert that is not the gospel the gospel gives you life it gives you freedom Mm. and um, it doesn't mean you won't be tired but it does mean you'll be like renewed day by day Mm. you know go ahead sir and as you as i'm realizing as we're talking about all these fruits and stuff this doesn't just apply to like our weight loss and the sin that has to do with our food or exercise plan or our body image this applies to all of it all yeah. of our sin if you yeah. have so many rules set up that you can't obey all your rules and you're not being and you're not being faithful in whatever area of your life you're struggling then you're being a pharisee yeah. you're trying to live by legalism and not by by grace yeah yeah response to sarah and then one to yours Becky. no it's okay no it's good um f- faithfulness to god is not going to cause you to to be less faithful in other areas of your life. Yeah. Legalism will cause, like, if, 
we'll just take, you know, losing weight. If you have to go to the gym three hours and neglect your family to lose weight and you're neglecting, you know, loving your wife, loving your kids, that's going that church. going to church, skipping, skipping other important things, then it's legalism. Mm-hmm. If it's causing you to be less faithful in other areas of life, but being faithful in your life, like, you know, you're not being a, um, a moralist or a legalist when you're how you know can identify whether you're being legalist or not is whether or not those other areas of your life are, are doing well as well. Oh, sure. Yeah. Right. Like, Definitely. If There's, you're following Jesus, all areas of your life are going to be improved. Seek first the kingdom of heaven, heaven. All these things will be yes. added unto you. Right. Yeah. Yes. There's a balance in sanctification. God yes. doesn't just eliminate not, one sin from your life and let everything else get worse. Yeah, he's yeah. not going to call right. your life out of balance. He's going to bring clarity to all of your life. As, as you're following him and being faithful to him, you're going to find all areas of your life positively impacted by that. I think that's super key because you have, and this is why why following and seeking Jesus first and abiding in him will bring forth the fruit, right? To be the best parent, to be the best yeah. spouse, friend, minister, um, church member, and person who takes care of their body. Yeah, mm. yeah. And then I was also going to say when we're talking about just efforts in general I always talk about it as white knuckling it when you know when yeah. you're really trying hard to do things um, and you can just tell you're you're trying hard and, and mm-hmm. it's you can't get through your spiritual walk white knuckling your way through things it's um, it is draining it is um, wearisome it, it's it's a heavy burden to try to to do these things by yourself because we're not designed to do them by ourselves we're created to be dependent upon a good god who gives good gifts to mm. um and, and as, to rest to rest and you know god created adam and eve in the garden in his own image and then he gave them a period of rest that they were supposed to participate in and that's that's what um who we are yeah so I, I think that's that's really key. Yeah, definitely. So the roots of these fruits um, really comes down to um, denying the basic truth of the gospel that this is something mm-hmm. that God has done for us mm-hmm. and that He's going to change us from the inside out. You know, yeah. when we are just killing ourselves to look good on the outside while we're dying inside, that is not the God. It's the sure. antithesis of the gospel. Yeah. I mean, that's how he describes the Pharisees as whitewashed tombs. They look good on the outside. And he was talking spiritually, but, you know, even more physically, they look good on the outside, but their their lives were, were tombs. They, they right. were empty. They were, their whole hope was set up on something that's going to pass away. And we've mm. uh, been going through Second uh, Corinthians chapter 5 where it talks about we are groaning and we are tents and we are jars of clay and all things that break and pass away. But we... And Christ have a, an eternal hope. And so that's that's huge. Yeah. You know, like, all of that, if all the pressure is on us to look good on the outside while no one's caring for our inside, we're going to be miserable. Mm-hmm. But imagine the type of person who is abiding in Christ, growing in their faith, bearing spiritual fruit. How is their body going to look as that process continues chances are they're going to be the best versions of themselves the most healthy version of themselves if they're really truly uh seeking god and having um pulling out all those idols you know it's it's like the weight loss is like way far out on the external level right Mm -hmm. all that internal stuff has got to happen in the gospel right any other roots that you have for the the lie, I can do this on my own or I have to do this on my own? I think the biggest umbrella lie you could put over this is pride. You are taking pride in what you can mm-hmm. do and what you can earn and what you can achieve when really that is, that's nothing. Yeah. Anything you can do is worthless. Yeah. We want the credit for yeah. the things we can do. Right. Even even though we can't do it. I think we're pretty hardwired towards self-reliance. Mm-hmm. And like, we... we even we may intellectually think, you know, God, God's doing the work, but we so often default back to the, I really got to try hard on this, you know, um, I don't want to run today, so I'm going to um, either create a situation so I don't have to run, 
or I'm going to have to amp myself up by watching running videos all day and then I'll, I'll want to right. run because of that and so I'm, I, I manipulate my own you know desires instead of saying God I know this is important I know that it's um, good for me to run I know that it's spiritually healthy for me to run help me or help give me desire to, yeah. to actually do this thing that I I know that I should do it's like Paul I don't do the things that I I want to do and I do do the things that I don't want to do and I think there's a call to to actually come to God and say, I don't want to do this, but I need to want to mm-hmm. do this. Yeah, and I think uh, one of the, I I was kind of thinking about that earlier too of the that self reliance um, or that need for independence. I think part of it is that it's so embedded in our minds because it's like this cultural lie that has been pressed upon us and is just so immersive. I don't know if it's cultural to Americans or I to think Western civilization. I think it's pretty strong in America. I, I, I know it's strong in America. Yeah. But I don't know if it's like Western civilization sure. or yeah. if it's like globally. I, I can't imagine every culture feels this immense need to be so self-reliant and so independent. Mm-hmm. But I think that's a lie that we tell ourselves that because we, we need to not... We need each other. Yeah. We're social well, creatures we need God. and we yeah. need God above yeah. all else. Yeah. So. I think that when you listen to secular voices talk about weight loss, it's all about, you know, relying on yourself, making a promise to yourself, showing up for yourself, mm-hmm. um, valuing yourself, all these things. And at least in my experience, I wasn't important enough to myself to have that be a steadfast motivation. You know, I needed... I needed not only uh, the motivation of wanting to please God, but I needed His Spirit of the um, the Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead to raise this heart and this body from the dead and to do the right thing. You know, right. like it's we. You would think that we would be self centered enough to um, to take care of our bodies, mm-hmm. but the truth is, we're more. Um, obsessed with worshiping ourselves in the moment, not right. ourselves down the road, you know? Right. So we want to give in to that comfort. We want to give in to, you know, our hunger, our craving or whatever. And we're, we aren't really giving service to ourselves sure. in a year where we'd like to be. Yeah. So we really need God. I mean, it's really a hard thing to do. Yeah. And even if you are disciplined, there's a that spiritual aspect that, that makes the difference. Like, even if you were did take care of yourself, but for the wrong reasons, it, it's still not solving your problem. No. And so it's 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 hard because both ends of the spectrum are missing it. Yes. Whether you are loving your body so much that you take really good care of it, or you're not loving your body so much that you don't take care of it, both of them actually are the same root problem, and that's they don't love God. Yeah. There, there's a, a lack of a love of God who created us in His image. To, to respect the body that we live in. Hashtag this life we live in the body. <laughs> but, um, yeah. Because they're temples, you know, they're yeah. temples of the Holy Spirit. It's more than I want to look good. It's that I, this, this body doesn't belong to me, yeah. you know, and I need to do it for Jesus. I mean, just think of the, the intricacy and the, the beauty of the temple and the tabernacle mm-hmm. and the significance of all the, the fine little details. This is how it's supposed to be. And th- for Paul to come in and say that our bodies are temples is super significant. Yeah. It's really... Our bodies are temples. Our body, yeah. Not just, you know, I think in my head, I always thought, well, that's my spirit. Yeah. But it's your body as yeah. a temple. And even though it's a tent, yeah, it is, you know... It's, Groaning, where we're, we live this life in the body. Hashtag. <laughs> um, it's it's super significant. It's yeah. really important well, that we we live not for the end of the spectrum, not to to elevate our body above something important, or not to devalue our body, but to to view our our body as God views our body. And to view as ourselves like, as God views us. He he loves our body. He's going to resurrect our body. Yeah. Our body has purpose. Yeah. And so that really calibrates all the things, yeah. right? It calibrates how a woman feels. Sorry, Dan. It calibrates how a woman feels with her postpartum body.
body. Mm. It helps her understand what is and is not beautiful. It calibrates what a person feels when they're ashamed of something that they've done to their body, like they've gained a lot of weight, but that sin is under the blood. It calibrates how a person feels about their body when they are in good shape and they are in the best um, shape of their life. It calibrates how they view their body then. So you need Jesus for all, for wherever you are at in that journey. It's kind of funny, but I think we like to forget about the second half of Philippians 4.13, that we like to remember that I can do all things, but we forget that through Christ who strengthens me. So like, I can do all things. Right. It's not really about you. I don't really need the Christ part. And if you read the context of that verse, Paul is talking about immense suffering. He's not about achieving greatness. He's talking about persevering through suffering. Right. Right. I thought that was interesting. That's, I guess... It's a half-truth that we're believing. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Which is also a lie. That's a great way to pivot into our scripture portion, which is um, one thing I thought of, this uh, passage I bring up quite a bit because it's so precious to me, Um, John 15 in the Upper Room Discourse. Jesus is um, talking to his disciples, um, and he knows it will be the last time he sees them before he's crucified. And he's talking about how he's the vine, the father's the gardener, and they are the branches. Mm-hmm. And what, something that uh, something new always pops up every time I read it. But uh, in verse 4, it says, Remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. Jesus is saying, you cannot do this on your own. You cannot do it. You need me. Okay, this is not, you go out and do these things on your own. You have to stay with me. You're dependent. Yes. And then the other part that I thought about, later in verse 16, he says, You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you so that you may go and bear fruit, fruit that will last, and so that whatever you ask in my name, the Father will give you. And that's just amazing. You know, when we say, I can't do this on our own, I can't do this by myself. Jesus says, I chose you to bear fruit. This is my purpose for you. And if you are someone desperate to bear the fruit of self-discipline so that you can gain victory over your eating habits, what a precious promise. Mm -hmm. I chose you and you're going to bear fruit. And it's not going to be fruit that you just have for a little while and it goes away. This is fruit that will last the rest of your life. Mm -hmm. I'm going to do that for you. And it's so, it's encouraging, it's freeing, it's exciting knowing that God is on this project of making me bear spiritual fruit and that I'm going to do it and it's going to last forever. Yeah. It's kind of interesting, Becky. You have uh, the book of John in front of you and your version says the um, remain in me. My, my version in ESV says abide. Mm-hmm. Um, and I went, I actually pulled a verse from 1 John, same author, <laughs> many years later, um, but 1 John 2, 6, um, in the same concept as whoever says he abides in me ought to walk in the same way in which he walked. So we're supposed to mimic Jesus. We're not supposed to strive in our own efforts. And Jesus, abide, like his goal was to be as close to God as possible in, in all his efforts. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, the the abiding or the remaining part can, is kind of was kind of confusing to me at first. Mm-hmm. But after study, it's all about the intimacy between you and Jesus. Right. Um, it's reading His Word, it's praying, it's following His commands, and it's loving others in the mm-hmm. body. And when you do those things, He you get you gain life from the vine. You as a branch begin to bear fruit. And then we can trust God that when he's bringing things that are hard into our lives, those are pruning away the parts that are not bearing fruit so that we become even more fruitful. Um, I've, our um, Instagram account follows Beth Moore on Instagram. So uh, the other day she was sharing, she has a, a book called Chasing Vines on this passage. And as part of that book, she, as a project, she started growing grapes um, on a vine at her house and she had this hilarious video where she was like okay I'm trying not to be super dramatic but like apparently the grapes are getting eaten by every single critter in the world and so they keep putting more and more like obstacles up so that the um 
animals can't get at it. And she went out there to check on the obstacles and there were huge ants um, carrying away all of their leaves and like attacking everything. And she says, I just want to say that when the Lord called us the vines and the, or himself the vine and we're the branches, maybe he just meant we're that a ton of work and a lot of trouble on him. Like it takes so much um, tender care to take care of the vines. And, and that's the way God is. It's amazing to think of that, that he is just like intricately, tenderly, so closely paying attention to all of our branches right. and, and how, we're, how we're bearing fruit. He bears no expense either. I mean, yeah. He, um, Jesus talks about the, the, the flowers are more beautifully dressed than Solomon and how much more will God care for you. Yeah, and, yeah. He yeah. really loves us. Yeah, I forget who said this, but there's no expense he could have paid more for us than what he's already done. Like there's yeah. there's no way he could love us more than he already has. Yeah. And so um, I think that's really yeah really good too. Yeah. So if and um, how much more will he give us all things? Right. Yeah. Like yeah. if he already gave us his son, how when, much when more? we were his enemies? Oh. If we you know, gave us everything when we were his enemies, how much more do we get now that? Sorry, I interrupted you. No, that's exactly what I wanted. But I know, but it was an interruption. <laughs> mansplaining. <laughs> Continue. Yeah. Hashtag mansplaining. Hashtag. Um, I feel like we need to explain that hashtags have become a joke in the Dubois family. Mm-hmm. No, I they think that I think that people in general do. I think, no, don't okay. you guys do this in your podcast already? No. Talk about hashtags? Man, no. Katie's following. This is supposed to be Katie's job. <laughs> I'm the new Katie. <laughs> yeah. Um, have you guys gone? <laughs> have you guys gone to Psalm seventy-three? Yeah. Um, I did last week. So we do not. We do not. Um, we we go often to the same sure. passages, so that's fine. I think Psalm seventy-three is really good because um, in Psalm seventy-three, Asaph is writing about. This deep spiritual struggle that we had, and this is something that I, I preached on at our church this uh, last week. And um, he, he's this deep spiritual struggle because he's seeing the wicked prosper. He, he's seeing their prosperity, and he was envious of that. And so uh, he, he goes through Psalm 73, talks about how they have no problems until death, or their bodies are fat and sleek, which is maybe the opposite problem that we're having. But it was, they were wealthy, their life was easy. Right. Um, I think this is, <laughs> that's part of the um, psalm always reminds me of scrolling through Instagram. And you're like, yeah. seriously? Yeah. They're going to that trip again? She bought another dress? Yeah. They bought another house? You know, and you're like, how, how can they have so much? How can their lives be so wonderful? Yeah. Always at ease, they increase in riches. And so... Yeah. It just seems like some people are just easily get to lose the weight. They get to um, have, or they're just born with a perfect body, and they don't yeah. have to worry about it. Yeah, and and so it, and as God's faithful children, our feet had almost stumbled, our steps had almost slipped. We're struggling with this. Has it been in vain that we've been following God? Is it pointless that we that I, I've you know not gorged myself? Is it pointless that I that I haven't? had an eating disorder? Is it pointless that I've tried to be faithful in how I'm doing? Or even if you're in, in part of my story is here I was working at church. Mm-hmm. I had done all the girl, good girl things. You mm-hmm. know, I had, you know, <laughs> waited till I got married. I had, you know, not, um, you know, always dressed modestly. I, you know, I went to church. I did all the good girl things. And then to find myself in a body that was overweight and I was drained and burnt out and tired. And it's just like, what was the whole point of doing all those things? I should have just lived it up and partied and did whatever I want because they seem to be in a better spot than I am now. Yeah. And um, so in in this situation, we've become Pharisees. We're looking at the rules the fact that we followed them and we didn't get results. Right. We're looking at other people who didn't follow the rules and they did get results. And so we're, we're thinking that it's the following the rules that somehow earns us the the weight loss or whatever it may be or whatever, the reward, that we, yeah. we've got to do something. And and um, so the psalmist takes this, this problem 
to to God into the sanctuary where he discerned the end. And what he comes to the conclusion of is that this life isn't all that there is. Mm-hmm. This is the life we live in the body, but this body is not the only one that we are living for. We are living for an eternal hope uh, in the future. And so regardless of the weight loss, regardless of all the other things that are our desire ought to be to find the goodness of God, that he is supposed to be what we put our hope and we put our identity and what we put our desires into. And right. he, um, instead of putting our hope in that specific result of losing weight, exactly, we put our hope in God, find the satisfaction we're truly seeking. Yeah. And then the most glorious part you get earth thrown back in, no. he gives us the ability to lose the weight no. for a true and wonderful purpose. Mm-hmm. No. Right. Um. And the other part of that psalm, sorry, Dan, I love this psalm too. I know you do. Uh, is he says, uh, I, he realizes that he was not actually righteous. He was a brute yeah. beast before God. He's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I'm giving myself as righteous here and I'm not in it. I'm not innocent. Yeah. I deserve destruction as well. And yet he's, God has given me mercy. There's a lot of people walking by the window. <laughs> <laughs> Do we need to clone the shades so you get No, shade? it's good. You, you and, know, he has given and, uh, me mercy. And then yeah. he, he looks and he says, you are my portion. My yeah. heart and my flesh may fail, but you are the strength of my heart forever. Yeah. It doesn't really matter what happens on this war earth. Yeah. I know what I already have, my ultimate reward, and it's you, God. Yeah. Finishes it with, but for me, it is good to be near God. Yeah. I made the Lord God my refuge that I may tell of your works. That when we have that faithful relationship with God, that's it. That's that's the reward. Mm-hmm. And following God has its other faithful rewards. I mean, the Proverbs are all about living wisely. And there are, there are benefits for living wisely. And sometimes we don't see how it all works out. And so there, it's really important to view our life from God's perspective and not Maybe what we see on the Instagram screen, yeah. what we not see on um, in the lives of other people, but we we've got to look at everything yeah. from God's point. Amen. Of view. Praise God. Anyone else have any scripture that they're burning to share? Well, my favorite weight loss story in the Bible. <laughs> yeah. What? Do you know what it is? I have a guess. Go ahead. Judges chapter three. Yeah. <laughs> This is when we really get into the man. This is the man every. Portion. This is every boy's favorite. Is Bible that the guy story. With the sword? Yeah, so um, Ehud goes in, stabs the fat king, and the fat king loses a lot of weight because the fat closes in around the sword. <laughs> Does he, he the king die? Oh yeah, the king's dead. Yeah, I thought Ehud was the fat guy. No, Ehud's, Ehud's the judge. Ehud's guy. the judge. The, the guy that you know. this is, doesn't need to be in the podcast, but I thought we ought to bring it up here. <laughs> Wouldn't he be gaining weight because he gained the entire weight of a sword? But the fat fell out. No, it didn't fall out of him. It enveloped it. So the sword was... Yeah, that's how I always imagined it, too. That it well, like, covered... Like, it was in a roll. Um, well, he quickly lost weight. <laughs> After that, dead. he stopped overeating. Maybe that's something. <laughs> when confronted with the Lord's anointed, the King Eglon lost weight. Do we need to have, like, the separate side... <laughs> no, for Dan's favorite weight loss. <laughs> Bad weight loss stories from the Bible. <laughs> All right. Anyway, okay. <laughs> okay. Moving on. What truth? What like a sentence would you say to yourself when you have found yourself you're demonstrating one of these fruits that you're trying to do on your own? What truth are you going to speak to yourself to get you back on track? That you remind yourself of the truth. What would you say? I would say that I cannot do it or anything good on my own. I must rely on Christ. I yeah. must rely on Christ. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I was. I don't know where this would have been. Maybe this would have been in the previous section. But I was. I was thinking about is. To think. One lies is. To think that we, to get it all, that we actually have to pay some of it ourselves, that we have to do some of it ourselves. Mm-hmm. Um, to, to get it all, we have to pay some. Mm-hmm. Um, so to, to flip that around, I would say that 
in following Christ or in submitting to Christ, um, our desires, our fears, our failures, um, we truly do get it all. Mm-hmm. We really do get it all. And ultimately what we get is a greater sense of who we were created to be, mm-hmm. uh, what we were created to be. And those other things, those other faithful parts of living kind of just fall into place after that. Because when we're faithful to God, all areas of our life are, are going to be profoundly affected by that. And mm-hmm. so um, that's a that's a really long one statement. No, that's I was going to say that's not one sentence, Dan. No, I think that was great. I think, yeah. you know, that's... It's, you know, if you had to shorten, it would be, we lost it all, Jesus did it all, we get it all, you know? Where have I heard that before? <laughs> <laughs> but, like, yeah, to to go through the thought process that I'm trying to deny that I lost it all. I'm trying to deny that Jesus did it all. He did a lot, but he didn't do it all. Yeah. And I'm trying to deny that I don't get it all, that I get a lot, but I don't get it all. And... Um, in order to get it all, I've got to do something right. because I can do something. And so we're, we're, right. we're rejecting the, the basic truth of the gospel. Yeah. And what we, and, and instead of focusing on what we need to do, just focus on believing that, repenting from what you've been believing and believe on that. Mm-hmm. I think if I had to put it down to um, one um, st- sentence for a truth statement, it would be that I can't bear fruit by myself. Mm. But I've been chosen to bear fruit that will last through Christ. So it's like bad news, can't do this by myself. Really good news, the one person who can bear fruit in my life has chosen to do it yeah. and was and promises to do it. So I like that, Becky. Thank you. Uh, Dan, will you uh, close this part in, some, in prayer? Sure. Our great God and Father, we come to you dependent upon your work in our lives. We are dependent upon you to bear fruit. We are dependent upon you to hold on. We're dependent upon you even to be attached in the first place. God, may we be a people who truly understand our own inability to to fight these battles on our own, to have victory over sin, to have victory over um, guilt, to even have victory over our, our own selves. Um, so I pray that we would depend upon your completed work for us on the cross so that we might experience life eternal but also life abundantly now in you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So last week we had as our practical tip, it was sort of a challenge that we would track all the food that we are eating as sort of a look in the mirror. How much am I actually Mm -hmm. eating? This has really helped me out a lot. I lost all my vacation weight plus some. So um, I'm going to continue doing that. I'm working really good for me right now. It's helping me not eat mindlessly Mm because I have to write it down. And it's helping me take a real strong look at like, is this the best choice for the next, you know, like I need a snack with protein because I'm not going to want to use more of my calories. And whether or not I'm hungry or whether or if I'm just bored, you know. So that's working really well for me. Uh, Sarah told me you didn't really... I tried. There was a few days where I started and I really tried. Um, we have actually had a really interesting... Maybe interesting is not the right word. Difficult and busy week. Um, it has been incredibly hot and at our house. And it has been very warm at our house. And when it's very warm at your house, you sort of gravitate to the two rooms that have an air conditioner. <laughs> and, the, and the refrigerator. And, you, and the refrigerator. And so... Um, we've, we've maybe been a little bit I, I don't think that has made me, the heat has, the, if, the heat has made me eat, not made me, has driven me to choose to eat more popsicles in the evening, <laughs> which to be honest is probably not a bad It's pretty choice. low calorie. They're like 15 calories. Yeah. I think like you that. can fit those in. So, um, but I think for, 
I think my point is is that when times get tough, schedules get busy, recording your food and your calories comes really becomes really inconvenient. Right, right. Even with your best effort. So, yeah, yeah. Or it requires while, more planning. Yeah. Yeah. More planning and it takes time. Um, mm-hmm. Even with the best apps, it can be difficult yeah. to try and record your food. And it's okay. You don't have right. to feel bad about not no, recording. Like, that, that's, not a, that's not a rule. And it's a great tool. <laughs> it's a tool. Yeah. It's a great tool, yeah. but it's not. Yeah, you it's don't a great have to tool it. to the extent that it gives you knowledge about your your spirit um, place and and right. whether or not you're being honest with yourself. It is not in itself a, dis- a discipline of... It's not getting, a means to an end. Right, exactly. Or it's not an... It's, not it's an end. It's not a means to an end. Yeah. Um, no. <laughs> it's not an in itself. But it could be a means to an end. Right. Yeah. Um, all right. So this week, uh, I'm, I'm going to continue doing that, but um, mm-hmm. no one else has to. Uh, Dan, do you have any practical tips as a man? <laughs> as a as a you're not a doctor sarah's the doctor you are a pastor though <laughs> I am, can we comment i'm not a medical doctor because a, every time i get it i'm not a medical doctor i'm a pharmacist yeah. So I am basically a doctor i have gone to school for seven years <laughs> <laughs> just because they didn't give me the right no. um do i have a tip yeah um so my, the way I approach weight loss is probably different than, than probably you guys do. Uh, I, I like to be active. I like to do sports. And so um, every six to eight months, I start running again. <laughs> and um, so I'm currently running right now. And one of the, the things that I'm learning, I have a, a running plan that I'm working through is um, giving myself rest days, like Originally, I thought I would have to put four or five runs in a day. So, like, week. if a week, a week, yeah, four, <laughs> five, four or five We've runs. We've done that before, too. I, I've been close to that before. We talked about that once on Yeah. Yeah. Um, four or five runs a week. And so, if you miss a day, you're behind. Mm-hmm. If you miss two days, you're two days. Like, it gets, you, you just, and so by the end of two weeks, you're like, I'm seven days behind because I've missed, mm-hmm. you know, I've, mm-hmm. I'm only able to get two or three runs. And particularly as a, a husband and a dad and I have a job and, and there's just other things going on. It's really hard to, mm-hmm. to fit all that in and to just say, hey, it's it's okay if you're not improving as fast as you did when you were 16 <laughs> or 17. When you not only had much less stuff in your life, but you had a teenager's body yeah, which like, recovers much, so much faster. Yeah. And so just saying, you know, if all I get is two runs this week and it, if my runs are not, you know, supposed to run so far and I only get you know part of that not getting a PR every time I'm not getting a PR every time I'm content to say it was still good for me to go do that and so giving myself just the flexibility to say you know there are other things that are more important than my run my my run is important right but today's not the day but today's not the day like if it's miserably hot out there I don't need to go out there just to to check that right. box off. Yeah, you have to give yourself grace, ultimately. Yes. It's a gospel way of looking at it because when you make it a huge, like, rule, legalism thing, you burn yourself you out. You get crushed yeah. because you are going to miss days because life does not let you right. do that. You're not, I'm, no one, I don't know anyone who's a professional athlete whose job it is just to, to you know, work out. And so if you miss a day or miss two days or miss three days in a row and it's like, that's okay. Yeah. The, the, the goal is not to... Really what you're saying is some beats none. You know, like yeah. it's better to have some than, you know, like yeah. to strive for complete perfection or nothing. Well, yeah. and sometimes some is better than always. Too. Yeah, yeah, sometimes. Because yeah. as a 30-year-old who's, who's gained 30 pounds since high school, my body can't do the all right. anymore. And I, I realized that I'm like... Every six to eight months when I start trying to run, I, you know, I've got to get up to, you know, five miles. And, you know, in three weeks, this is what I, I try to do. And I just get injured, get tired, get mm. sick it, of it. It and requires you to really humble yourself. You know, you have to admit. <laughs> I <laughs> Because even I've never been an athlete. And even I, when I work out, have to really, like, humble myself and be like, hey, you know. 
like pick something you can handle, you know, yeah. so you don't injure yourself right away or right. whatever. Yeah. Well, and to know, like, um, the thing, one of the things I've experienced is that my body's abilities have changed from pregnancy. Like you're kind of stiff for nine months. And so I've lost a lot of flexibility through my pregnancies. So going back after my pregnancies and being like, my body can't do the same things it used to do and having to be okay with that. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's humbling, but it's also good to realize what reality is and not try and push it yourself. Is, it's really, it's really difficult for, for me as a guy, you know, just looking back, like my max speed now is what I was running my 5k speed at in high school. So I could do three right. miles at what I can now sprint at. Right. And so I'm just looking at like, wow, I am really far away from where I was. And that's really difficult. Yeah, it's humbling and it, it could even be depressing. I yeah, understand that. So, but it also makes it a spiritual exercise. It, does, it reminds you that what I'm doing is, is not just physical. Right. That there's, there's a very spiritual element about it where I'm viewing identity and, and meaning and, and value based upon what I can do physically. And so mm-hmm. to, to be able to let go of that and say, you know, hey... Open hands. Yeah. I, I am going out for run. If I am able to go fast, praise God. If I'm able to complete it, praise God. But if I'm not, I got I was faithful in what I feel right. like God called right. me to do today. Right, yeah, exactly. Um Yeah, we're running as unto the Lord. Yeah. And um I think that we all can learn from that, honestly. Yeah. It's it's not just running, you know, it's not just right. exercise that's Right. That's this whole thing. Right. Even if you can't be perfect about recording your food, even if you can't be perfect about your diet or following whatever plan, but you're trying, you're doing as as much as you can to the extent God is allowing you, you know, then that beats doing nothing. You know, you're still beating everyone who's still on the couch. You're beating, you know. And even if you fail, there's grace there as well. Yes. I mean, the reason why most diet plans fail or most workout plans fail is because you get behind or you have a bad day or two or three and you're just like, well, yeah, got to give up now. Right. And to, to say, no, it's all right. Yeah, exactly. Well, we are past time. So uh, if you can, <laughs> uh, please follow us on Instagram and Facebook. And um, Dan, thank you so much for being on our podcast, for being our first male guest. Hashtag, this life we live in the body. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So honored to have you. I love you so much. I'm so proud of you, the husband you are, the father you are, the pastor you are. I'm so glad you brought one of my best friends into my life, Sarah. She's pretty great. So um, thank you so much for that. And in the meantime, I hope everyone um, uh, keeps their eyes on Jesus because he is the author and perfecter of your faith. Remember who you are. Hashtag, this life we live in the body. (laughs) 